absolutely love church. It's the best place for me to be at. Best place for me to be at. What's your name? What's your name? Hetty. Hetty. Hetty van waar? Van welkom, maar ek is nou weer Van welkom? Daar by die hoefie. Nie van daai hoefie. Nie van daai welkom nie. Welkom in die cirkels nie. Ja, maar jy hang nie daar by die hoefie uit die nie. Het hy toegemaak? Ja. Ja, terug. Is dit daar by Club 1, what, 187 or 1947? Ja, 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 is dit daar uitgang, man. Daar by die hoefie. Verstaan jy die profeties? Verstaan jy die profeties? Ja. So jy weet wat profeties is. Heere, kom geef vir ons woord. Heere, kom geef vir ons woord. Ek kom praat met ons. Individueel, specifiek. En as ek verkeerd is, gooi dit weg. Want ek is ook maar net een mens. Ek kon ook verkeerd hoor. Die skrif sê, ons kyk nou soos in een spiel, maar een dag sal ons helder en duidelik sê. Maar die Heere wees vir my een nieuwe seisoen in jou leven. Ok, ek het nie gewet jy trek hier na toe, toe ek met jou begin praat het nie, nie. Maar dit is nie net een seisoen van trek nie. Dit is een nieuwe vars begin vir jou. Ek sien sandstorms. Is het al net die ding af, asjeblief, somebody just fix the sound there at the back. I can't have that ping-ping happening. Ek sien sandstorms, soos dat jy aan die vrystaat alleen kan baai, nie. Waar die Heere sê, het gaan gaan leen in jou leven. Te veel het jy al gesê, Heere, wat gaan aan? Wat gaan aan? Heere, ek is moeg vir hierdie. Die Heere sê, I am the God that quiets the storm. En is op die selle boekie as Jesus. Hy is in jou boot. En ek wil vir jou sê, vandag ervaar ek die Heere sê, storms gaan le. Nou kom een nieuwe seisoen van vrede, wat jy jouself nie gaan ken, so rustig jy gaan is. Pas dit in jou leven, wat ek nou met jou deel, pas dit. So ek kan dit nie weet, nie is nie die Heere. Dankie Jesus vir jy woord. Father, we thank you for your word. I love church. Thank you. That sounds a bit better. Just take me off the monitors. If I'm on the monitors, just take me completely off the black being on the monitors. Thank you so much. All right. So we are sharing from Matthew 17. Remember where we we're carrying on from last week. And um, where Jesus, they brought to him uh, this child that was, you know, um, demon possessed. And then in verse 21, he says to them, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So we can talk a lot about prayer and fasting and mustard seed faith and big faith and small faith. We can do all of that. But we're going to talk about different kinds of spirit because what he says is different kinds of spirit. So the first thing I want you to understand that we are not so consumed with the darkness. Okay, Your flesh is drawn to darkness. Did you know that? Did you, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Your flesh is drawn to darkness because darkness speaks to your flesh. That's why when you go into the occult, they do 
A lot of physical stuff, let me say it like that, that pleasures the body. So Romans 16, 19. I want you to just open your Bibles, Romans 16, 19. It's not on the board. Romans 16, 19. That's like the sixth book in the New Testament, if you don't know. It's good to have your Bible with you. It's good to get your sword going. You know, It's good to get the sword, to get it sharp. So please bring your Bible along so you can also see that I'm not just putting up what I want to put up. It's actually written in your Bible, your own Bible. Okay. 16.19, Paul is writing to the Romans. For your obedience has become known to all. So what's he saying? Obedience is important. Obedience is important. All right. How do you measure your relationship with the Lord Jesus? By obedience. If you're not obedient to the Lord, you've got no relationship with Him. Okay. That's just how it works. If you're not obedient to your parents, guess what? You've got no relationship. You don't. Because you're ignoring the relationship that's happening. All right. So, Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good. Where must we spend our, the majority of our time to get knowledge from? Of God. Because God is good. Remember Jesus said to his disciples, why do you call me good? There's only one that's good. So he's not talking about an earthly average good. He's talking about an excellence when he uses this word. I want you to be wise in what is good. So he wants you to be wise in the Lord. I want you to be wise in the Lord. Okay? And simple concerning evil. Simple concerning. So we don't need to be so worried about all the evil. That, you don't have to go look for demons all over the show. All right? After Elke Bosse, every behind every corner. You don't have to go look for demons there. You don't have to. We are simple concerned. Why? You see, the thing is, I am more concerned about the Lord. It's in any case, He who delivers, it's He who sets free. I want to know him more than I know anything else. So what do I do when I get come across the demonic? Let's go open our Bibles in Matthew 10. It's not on the board, so I'm just, we have Matthew 10. It's a couple of books back. Matthew 10, verse 5. I'm going to start from verse 5. It's important that we see this in our Bibles so we can see. Then these 12 Jesus sent out commanding. So Jesus sending out his disciples. Okay. Are you his disciple? You choose to be his disciple. You choose that. Are you his disciple? You see, it's very easy. Are you a disciple of your parents? Your parents teach you, sit still in church, concentrate, take it in. It's good for you. Like eat your veggies. It's good for you. You don't do that. You're not a disciple of your parents. You are rebelling against them. Does that make sense? A disciple is not rebellious in his nature or her nature. A disciple is a disciplined student. That's what the word disciple means. A disciplined student. You decide if you want to be that. You can choose. Are you guys here? Everybody okay? 
Uh, everybody okay? You all comfortable? Can I have a bit more smiles, please? <laughs> yes, the oaks are staring at me like I'm, I don't know, stepped on a landmine. <laughs> don't move, bro. <laughs> verse 6, oh, verse 5. Do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter the city of the Samans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, here's your message for the disciple. Preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You want to have a message? You want to have something to say? There you've got something to say. You go out there and tell the world that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Just go out there. You know what? It's already turning up the church when you say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know that? The kingdom of heaven is not a far off. It's right here, right now. Okay? It's even in you. That's the word we preach. That the kingdom of heaven is here, right now. It's not, but you cannot see it unless you're born again. You cannot see it unless you're born again. So if you can't see the kingdom of God, guess what? You're not born again. Now, the kingdom of God is not something physical. It's not, oh, look at the cross. Or look at this building. Or look at this ministry. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is love, joy, Peace, righteousness in the Holy Spirit. You can have all of those things in different places. Did you know that? You can have a lot of love and ecstasy. Trust me. At least you think it's love. <laughs> joy. Some people, if they find joy in the end of the bottle. They think it's joy. Yeah, but this is this year. Afrikaners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But joy, peace, and the end of a peace pipe. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get me some peace now. <laughs> it's not in the Holy Spirit and righteousness. Righteous, righteous. No, no, no. In the Holy Spirit. And so the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The next thing: heal the sick. If you are, you and I choose to be disciples. Disciplined students of Jesus, we will lay our hands on the sick. We'll choose to do that. We'll lay our hands on the sick. And the Word of God says they will recover. Now, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. I haven't done that yet. I haven't raised the dead physically. But I tell you what, there's a lot of people spiritually that's been raised from the dead. Bringing them, because when they get born again, something becomes alive on the inside of you. Cast out demons. What do you have to do with the demons when you meet them? What do you have to do with them? You've got to chase them away. Can that be offensive to the flesh? Yes, it can. Because when you stand in front of somebody and you see a rebellious spirit and you say, out in Jesus' name, that person can feel affected. All right? Uh-huh. The gospel of the kingdom of Jesus will offend your flesh. It will offend your flesh. Jesus doesn't much care about offending your flesh. He didn't much care about offending his own mother in that sense. Because when they came to him, he said, your mom and dad, your mom and your, parents, your brothers are outside. He said, who's my mother? Who's my brothers? Those that do the will of my father. How would his mom feel about that? How would his mom feel about that? Go, let me do it. If your mom's still alive, go try that. <laughs> If my mother was still alive, I tell you what would happen. That five foot four auntie, nature, 
Let's say, yeah, but the... <laughs> yeah. She would have slapped me so hard. She didn't do it once. She did more. Is there something wrong? Yeah. Is there something wrong? Okay. Okay, the Spirit of God is in this place. And it's causing effect on your spirit. It's causing effect on you, and you need to decide whether you're going to hold on to that thing or command it to leave. You see, this has now suddenly become offensive, am I right? And you're becoming uncomfortable, and mom might be upset, and people might be upset, but I'm not yet to please you, I'm yet to please the Lord. Amen. Look at me, please. Why would you be uncomfortable? Can you see that no one else is uncomfortable? Do you want the uncomfortableness to go away? All right. Then we need to do the following. Please don't touch her right now. That does not add flesh to spirit. Here I am. Please look at me. You see, can you understand what I'm trying to show you guys? That this can be very offensive to the Spirit. And I don't want to be insensitive because I love you. I care about you. I care enough to stand in front here and offend your flesh and become, become unpopular with people. I care enough to tell you that there's something haunting you. And it's starting to manifest. From the minute we came in this morning, it's starting to manifest. This is what this thing is doing. The Lord is showing me. It's making you depressed. You're with depression. And you think it's something that is normal. And it's coming under the guise of, I am a teenager battling with hormones. Keep looking at me, please. God loves you. And if you want it to go away, you need to open your heart. More than once have you been confronted with the love of God. More than once has somebody told you about the gospel. Every time you have made it off, the Lord is just showing me. If I'm wrong, you tell me I'm wrong. I'll take it on the job. But I know the voice of God and I know the spirit of truth. And he's telling me and he's showing me. You have been obstinate in receiving because you think you're going to forfeit some joy that this world might be offering you. Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. Here's the thing. Do you want the torture to continue? Or do you want it to go away? What do you want? Do you want the torture to continue? Or do you want it to go away? All right. This is how we do it. Can I ask you to come forward? Hold on, before you do that, before you do that, I want you to do it because you want to, not before you feel pressurized. If you don't want to come forward now and you feel pressurized, you say, no, I don't want to come forward. I want to remain seated. There's no pressure. There's only love. There's only acceptance for you right now. What do you want to do? I'm trying to speak with my tender, soft voice because I know I can come across a bit strong. Sit there. Father, 
Look at me, please. Just look at me. Just look at me. Just look me in my eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I command that spirit. Here I am. Here I am. I command that spirit to leave in Jesus' name. Now go. Now don't look away. Don't look away. Look at me. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name, your Holy Spirit upon her right now. Your presence upon her right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you bring calm to her right now. Here I am. Look at me. Look at me. Just look at me. Not embarrassing you. No one here is thinking you're embarrassed. Everybody is rooting for you right now. They are rooting for you. They love you. They care for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Would you open your hands? Just open your hands. Both of them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for love. Thank you for your presence. Here I am. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Can you say it? Where you are? Just say it. Just say it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look at me. Just say it. You need to just overcome this thing. Just say it. The minute you do that, you're going to break the stronghold. This is what God does. He never overrides your free will. Never. He will never override your free will. Your free will is saying no. Your free will is saying no. God will never override that. Never. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. The other side will go against your free will. Even though you don't want you want this to stop, it's forcing you not to. And all you have to say is, thank you, Jesus. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. That's all you have to say. That's all. All right. Father, we thank you. We're carrying on. We're carrying on. We thank you. So we, we're not worried about the demonic. We're not worried about it. Are you guys okay right now? Are you okay? I want you to understand that we're not concerned about, we're concerned about the good news and we're going to cast them out. There is a place where your free will plays a big role. A big role. Because a demonic spirit becomes a companion. It normally comes into people at a very young age. And they betray themselves as imaginary friends or friends and they become a companion. And now you say, I want the companion to leave, but it's part of my identity. Does it, does it make sense? All right. So we're talking about different spirits. Last week we finished at number five. We're going to number six, the spirit of haughtiness. That is pride, arrogant pride. So it, it manifests as arrogant or smug 
or pride or idleness, not willing to work, not willing to study, not willing to put in a day's labor for because a haughty spirit says the world owes me something. It owes me something. Scornful, strife, obstinate, self-deceiving, contentious, self-righteous, rebelling, rejecting of God. That's a spirit of haughtiness. Let's go to the scripture we got on the board for that. Proverbs, and he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hell of the diligent maketh rich. You see, God, when he made Adam and Eve, he placed them in the garden, what did he say? Lie there and have a tan. What did he say? Tend to the garden, work, works holy. Idle hands, the devil's playground. You see, when I come into the place where I think, well, I don't have to work, I can just go stand in the queue for Sasha, Sasha Grant, okay, and don't look for a job, it's pride in my life. I've become haughty, and I expect other people to look after me. Don't give money to beggars on the street. You are paying them to beg. The Word of God says, give to him who is worthy. Who is worthy? The guy that is at least standing guard over the car. He's trying something. Does it make sense? A friend of mine years ago, he was a student, didn't have enough money, and he wanted more money. So he took a bucket with water and soap and everything, and he went to his neighbors, and he said, can I wash your car? He said, 50 bucks. You know what they paid him? 100 rand. Why? Because they saw a young man trying to do something worthy. I don't have food. Well, are you planting something? Are you planting something? Or do you expect everybody to just bring it to your doorstep? Manna from heaven. It's pride. It's haughtiness. I tell you what, get a couple of potatoes in the ground. A couple of onions and carrots. You know, if you cut a tomato in slices, you take that slice and you put it in the ground, you plant it, guess what's going to happen? A tomato's going to come up. Wow. But it's so hard to do it because I expect people to give to me. And then what do they do? They go to the church. And the church must provide. And if the church doesn't provide... Oh, they don't care. Teach a man to fish. Go plant some potatoes. Does that make sense? Oh, you're too good to get your hands dirty. My Bible says, you who doesn't work shall not eat. Okay? So maybe you don't have a job. Mow the lawn. Wash the car and the neighbors and see what happens. You've got nothing to do. Come to church. I've got a lot of work for you. Okay, and see what God does. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, God's not cruel. But too easily we just throw our hands in the air. My granny, God bless her soul. Now my granny had this habit. I loved my granny. I stayed with my granny for long periods of time. But her favorite thing to do on a Saturday morning at 6 a.m. is to, I have to demonstrate it. You would be lying sleeping, door closed. The next thing, you hear the door fling open. Vacuum cleaner. 6 a.m. And then she would go on. 
nog een beetje slaap, nog een beetje slimmer, en die armoede oorval jou soos een dief in die nacht. Oma! You didn't care that you came in three o'clock too drunk to stand on your own feet. Get up, son. Imagine that with a bubble ass. Spirit of heaviness. How this manifests in the following. Excessive mourning. We can mourn these. But we cannot hold on to the dead. That's excessive mourning. With this comes, do not tattoo on yourself the death dates of those like the heathen do. You see, because you're connecting with the dead. God doesn't want you to be connected to the dead. He is the God of the living. You get that? Yes, we love them. And now they've passed away. And we can mourn. But a mourning season must come to an end. It cannot go on and on and on and on. And now we're celebrating his birthday for 15 years after his death. Have a big memorial thing 15 years or 20 years after their death. That's holding on to the dead. Okay? There's a difference between remembering and cherishing the people that we love and holding on to the dead. There's a huge difference. Wilco, can you talk? Of course I can talk. My mom's dead. My brother's dead. My father's dead. I buried them all in three years' time. I know what it is to deal with the death. Okay? So I'm not talking from a place of arrogance. Missing happens. You know when I miss my mother? When I eat somebody's pasta. And I'm like, yeah, not my mother's pasta. You don't have enough cream in there, bro. You got to know how to... I wish somebody came with my mother's pasta, but no one can. Do you understand that? You know when I miss my dad? My boy's growing up. I wish I can take them to my dad. Just spend a weekend there. They'll come right up. Completely different people when they come home. <laughs> Completely. It's like, they'll know fear. Because <laughs> they would have stared into death's eyes. <laughs> when that white lip comes, bro, you'll know what it's all about. <laughs> You know when I miss my brother? When I need a brave person. Because he was the bravest man I knew. But I don't hold on to the dead. Some of you have known me for seven years. You've hardly heard me speak of my family. Because we don't hold on to the dead. God wants you to be connected with the living. These are the people that you need to care about. Yeah, I know. Every, every month we're going to go put flowers on the grave. Worshiping the dead. Excessive mourning, sorrow, grief, insomnia, self-pity. Oh, life is so terrible. <laughs> it's a spirit of heaviness, rejection, brokenness, despair, hopelessness, depression, suicidal thoughts, inner hurts. I don't want to come over callous. I don't want to. I understand when you've got a spirit of heaviness that suppresses you and pushes you into the ground that anything would be better than being alive. I understand that. I've been there. 
was nine years old. I took my mom's 38 and I put it to my head and I pulled the trigger. And as I pulled the trigger, I put my hand away. I was so depressed, I didn't want to live. I was nine years old. Okay? That bullet ran in an abnormal way around the house in that room. Every corner, every corner, and then suddenly it went through the roof. I still remember mom running in naked, because she was in the bath. Running in naked into the room, grabbing the out of my hand. My oldest brother was lying right next to me on the bed. I know what it is when you're so depressed you would rather end it all. But I've got good news. Isaiah 61. You see, I want you to see that it's a spirit. It's starting there. To give unto them beauty for ashes. Okay? I don't know. I don't care what is in the ashes, what has burned away, what has failed, what has ended up in the ground. It's just a heap of ash. God says, I'll give you beauty for that. I'll trade you. Give me your ashes. I want to give you some beauty. The oil of joy for mourning. Okay, what you're mourning about. Bring your sorrow to me and I'll give you joy. Listen. And then there's a part that we play. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You want that spirit of heaviness to lift off you. Start praising God. Start praising Him. What must I praise Him for? My life is so miserable. Did you sleep in a bed last night? Because I know people that don't sleep in beds. I don't know if you've driven up in this road in the morning and you see a mother and a children standing, they sleep in the bush. Where did you sleep last night? In a bed. Did you have a blanket over you? And a pillow under your head? Did you have the privilege of being able to bath last night or this morning? Huh? It is a privilege on the south coast. Sometimes there's no water. <laughs> Man, you jump in the pool. Did you have some food in your tummy? Did you walk here this morning? Did, did, did you get, have the luxury of driving in a car? Might be a rust bucket. You still have the, rust, the luxury of having it. Okay. Thank the Lord. You're still breathing? Still got some health? And still move everything? Joints? Kick a bit? Thank the Lord. Start praising Him. Start praising Him. Your house washed away last night of the, the ocean. Not yet. Praise the Lord. It's not difficult to find something to praise God for. Thank you, Jesus. You've got some clothes in your body. Cover everything. There's some people that don't have enough clothes to cover their bodies. And like most of us, we stand in front of our cupboards and you're like, I'm so sick and tired of my wardrobe. Who's been there? Come now, come now. Be honest. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Me too. I had it this week. I had to repent. Max. <laughs> praise the Lord. It's not difficult. Listen to what it says. A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Derek Prince writes in his diary that for 40 years he battled a spirit of heaviness. And every morning
I'm not going to talk about my granny ever again. <laughs> Every morning he woke up with a depression on him, a heaviness on him, and he would start praising God. For 40 years he did this. 40 years, and it would lift after half an hour. Can you understand the discipline and the, it took the resolve to keep on and then it would lift and then it would lift and then one day with his second wife his first wife passed away he's lying with roof in bed and they praying and that skull comes over him and there's a heaviness that wants to it feels like he writes it it's like it's suffocating him and at the same time the glory of god coming from his feet from the low place there is mercy for the humble from the low place. When God was at the, the garden of the, the bath of Bethesda, is what at the sheep's gate. That's where all the cattle went in and out, the stinky. All right? He went there, the low place. And while he's praying, he feels this presence of God and remove the skull off his head. And from that day, no more does he wake up with depression. And from that day on, he doesn't talk about our father anymore. He talks about my father. Because it's a personal relationship. God loves you. He cares about you. He wants to set you free. We've got a spirit of heaviness on a garment of praise. All you have with me still? Not boring you? Okay, not offending too many people. Okay, I might offend some. It's okay. I'm used to that. I don't do it deliberately, I promise. All right, spirit of whoredoms. I like the old translations. If you can go there to our next scripture, Deuteronomy. I like the old translations because the old translations, once again, they didn't much care about how you're going to feel when you read it. Okay. It's talking about the aliens. He shall dwell with thee even among you in the place which he shall choose in one of thy gates, where it liveth him the best. Thou shalt not oppress him. Carry on. Listen to what he says. There shall be no whores of the daughter of Israel. Not lady of the night, a prostitute. Oh. Straight up. Take that. Boom. No sodomite for the sons of Israel. Now it's important that you see that the written there is sodomite, not homosexual. Homosexuality is between two people of the same gender. Sodomy is not that. Sodomy can happen within a heterosexual marriage. Oprah Winfrey on her show a couple of years ago stands up to the crowd and belittles a person by saying, have you not been stimulated that way before? This beacon of light promoting sodomy. This beacon of light saying, I will not get married. I'll live wherever I want to live. Do you know what that's called in that translation? Oh. Can you see how offensive that is to the flesh? Can you see that? 
It's offensive to the flesh. It's like, oh, well, I didn't write it. I'm not even interpreting it. I'm just reading it to you. It's written. Let's go to the next part of that. Thou shalt bring the hire of a whore, and he compares that to the price of a dog, into the house of the Lord, thy God, for any vow. For even both of these are abominations unto the Lord. Has God changed? Was he the same? He's the same. He's the rock of ages. He never changes. And he does not care what we think about it. And we can vote all we want to. And we can strike all we want to. And we can tear out pages all we want to. And we can translate it in whichever way we want to. He doesn't change. Whoredom and sodomy is an abomination. End of story. And anyone that teaches you different or advocates different, is in rebellion to the Word of God. I don't care what their argument is, how clever they can argue it. You see, I want you to understand, the Bible is not written for people with degrees. The Bible is written for children. It's not written for intellectuals. It's written for fishermen that didn't finish school. The twelve disciples, for instance. Most of them didn't finish school. That's why they went fishing. Those that finished school became rabbis. So they were plain people, simple people, people down on the ground. The nuts and bolts people. Now I can come with my theology degree in higher Greek and Hebrew. Okay. And have homogenics. And a discourse on homosexuality in the old covenant and the new covenant. And confuse you. Or I can just plain say, no, thank you very much, sir. Give me some rice flakes and art apples. Give it to me plain. I want to see it for what it is. Rice flakes and art apples. Yes, no, end of story. That's not legalistic, that's relational. It's relational. See, this spirit comes forth in unfaithfulness, adultery. Adultery, not just fleshly, but in, you see, you know what spiritual adultery is? Keeping a secret from your wife or your husband. Right there, spiritual adultery. Because you are one with your spouse. And now you've got a secret from them that somebody else knows. Can you see that you are now bound to that person, not this person? Spiritual adultery, right there. Prostitution, chronic dissatisfaction, love of money, fornication. What's fornication? Now, you see, it's difficult to talk about this because I'm, not, I'm trying to show you how this spirit manifests itself. Okay? The spirit of whoredoms as when I stay together as my husband and wife and I'm not legally married. That's what fornication is. Or I am in a relationship. We have the benefits that's supposed to be in a marriage only. Now people don't like hearing that because we're all free love, you know, free love. Shh. It's, 
you old school. Well, I, this is how this thing manifests. And when it, you see, now I've got legal ground. Now the enemy's got legal ground in your, in your life. I want you to understand, John 10, 10 says the following. Are you guys still here? Everybody comfortable? Okay, what are you hearing me? I'm not offending you too much, eh? Okay. John 10, 10 is saying, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now you find Mrs. Beautiful. And you have got relations with her, but you're not married. Okay? And you can't see that behind that, the enemy has got a legal door into your life now and start destroying you. Under the guise of love. Love is love is love. I don't need a paper. Let's love them. That's self-justification. And the enemy comes in. Do you know how that manifests in the world? You see, God meant for the intimacy to be in marriage. So that you and I can be protected. Okay. So when we walk out from underneath his protection, okay, that's not God punishing me. It's me walking out from underneath his protection. It's very easy. I've got a fence around my yard. My children are safe inside my yard. Now he goes out the gate and a car hits him. Am I punishing him? No, I'm not punishing him. He walked out from the safety zone. And therefore, HIV is rampant. Rampant. There will be no HIV if people don't commit adultery and fornication. Won't exist. Because it'll die with the last one. That's how easy it is. Idolatry. Excessive appetite and worldliness. Excessive appetite. You see what it means? It's because people go for comfort in food rather than comfort in the Lord. God says, I am your comforter. He sends you the Holy Spirit too. Comfort you. Comfort you. Comfort you. Now, you go and find your comfort in food. Who knows what I'm talking about? In the children's home. Gonzalo and myself worked in the children's home before we had children. They called themselves Gavi Kids, Papi. We had Gavi Kids. You have not seen people eat like that. No ways. Most of us do not have three meals a day. We might have a small little breakfast and a snack here. And in the children's home, they've got three meals a day. They're never satisfied. They eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. They eat more. You cannot believe how much they eat. I was involved with a company that a team building at Oprah Winfrey School in Henley on Clip. Do you know how you identify the new children that come in? Because all their meals are buffet meals. Okay? There's the one with the plate like this. They eat and they eat and they eat and they eat and they eat because they find their comfort in food. When I got saved, my appetite went down. Suddenly, I couldn't eat as much as I used to be able to eat. 
Because God says, I'll comfort you, not the food. See, that's the spirit of whoredom is when we go after that. The other thing is idolatry. What is idolatry? Anything you place in front of God is idolatry. Okay, so for the fishermen, they're not going to love me. But some people wake up like this. They look at the weather and the ocean decided to go to church. If the ocean's flat, sorry, Lord. So which one is number one? The fishing is number one. Is there anything wrong with fishing? No, nothing wrong with fishing. You can go fish all you want to. But if you are placing a flat ocean, quiet wind, in front of going to church, you've made an idol of fishing. That's your God. That's who you worship. You're not worshiping the Lord. So can I never go fishing on a Sunday? Of course you can go fishing on a Sunday. But it's how you do it. What's the motive of your heart? Say, Father, I'm going to fish one Sunday a month. I'm not going to go to church every Sunday. You don't have to go to church every Sunday, but you want to be in church more often than not. You've never had a first pastor say that to you, have you? Okay, Because we also need a bit of a break. We also need to just have spice in our life. But you want to come to your family most often. Okay. And then you go fishing and say, Lord, will you please come with me? He made that for us. He made nature for us to enjoy, not to worship. Okay? You don't have to join Greenpeace. Now you're worshiping the earth and the plants and the trees and the fishes. He made it for us. When you understand that something's made for you, you look after it. It's very easy. That's the balance. When you don't understand that's made for you, you either worship it or you abuse it. All right. The next one that we want to talk about is the spirit of infirmity. So I want to say this again. Not all sickness is demonic oppression. Okay? Not all sickness is demonic oppression. But no sickness comes from the Lord. Okay? I want you to get this. No sickness is God's instrument. There are a lot of fathers and mothers in the house. Would you give your child cancer to teach him to be obedient? Huh? No, you won't do that. Break his leg to teach him to be obedient. Who's going to do that? I hope to give him a hiding to teach him to be obedient. Man, that's right. It's all right. The law says you're not. God says you must. You choose. All right. God will not give you cancer to teach you a lesson. He won't. But people think that. People think that God will make them sick because they've done something wrong. You don't understand the scripture. That he became cursed. Because cursed is he who hangs on the tree. So that we might be blessed. God extinguished his wrath on the cross of Jesus Christ. And if you are in Christ, the wrath of God doesn't rest on you. If you are not in Christ, it does. Go read Romans. Okay? For those who are not in Christ, you choose if you are in Christ. You choose. Do you know that? It's your choice. Father, I surrender my life completely to you. And Christ says, I'll come into you. I'll receive you. You choose. It's your choice. He won't force himself. The Lord is not a rapist. 
He waits for your yes. Please come on in, sir. He waits for that. That's simple. That's simplistic. It's not a difficult thing, not a difficult concept. So God won't make you sick. This conversation goes a little bit further. Let me just explain it to you. Because we say one thing, and we think we believe something different. Years ago, friends of ours were migrating, immigrating, migrating, immigrating to Australia. And at the time and process of my immigrating, why am I going migrating? <laughs> immigrating, okay, their five-year-old son got brain cancer. And all the friends came there and they visited and they had a braai over a period of time. And somebody said, well, isn't God trying to tell you not to immigrate? You ascribing evil to him who is good. Can't. God doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Jesus bore our sickness. Why would he pass it on again? Sickness doesn't come from God. Not all sickness is demonic. But sickness only came into the world after the fall of man. Adam didn't get sick. Alright? It's all the woman's fault. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Where's my wife? She's gone out. Oh, she's cooking watching me. <laughs> so, sickness is not God's tool or instrument to teach us or guide us or to manipulate us. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the goodness of God. I want you to get that. It's God's goodness that leads us to repentance. What is anger? Who would run to anger? You understand that? When my dad was well angry, where did I go? I make like mist in front of the sun. Am I right? Do you know what I'm talking about? I see a couple of heads. You had good dads, okay? You disappear because you know you're in trouble. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. God doesn't deal with sickness. He doesn't deal with guilt. He doesn't deal with shame. He does not deal with that. That's not his currency. It's goodness, love, freedom, forgiveness, restoration. That's his currency. So, how does this thing manifest? It manifests in frail, lame, asthma, hay fever, fever, allergies, arthritis, weakness, lingering, disorders, oppression, cancer. So I want you to understand not all hay fever or all asthma is now a demonic thing. Okay, not all of it is a demonic thing. Like hay fever or allergies, your body can take certain things. So you can take X amount of bee stings. My body can take 100 bee stings. Yours can take 20. When you reach your limit, guess what happens? You become allergic to bee stings. Okay? It is influenced by... Diet and heavy metals. Okay? You, heavy metals are not good for your body. You know that. Okay? So some of the vaccines, and I'm talking about real vaccines, ones that went through the trial process, 
You know, they've done the four years of clinical trials. They've done double-blind, placebo-controlled vaccines. Some of them have got heavy metals in it. For instance, the combination of the MMR, MMRI, mumps, measles, and rubello combination vaccine is built on aluminium. Okay? Now you inject that into your body. It's not good for your body. Things can go wrong. But the mumps one that's singular is not built on aluminium. The measles one that's singular is not built. And the rubella one that's all on. Yeah, but you know, we're just trying to save the child the different injections. Spate on drie You can handle that. No, it doesn't have side effects. Says the company that makes it. Oh, really? Do you know what the side effect of paracetamol is? Do you know what too much paracetamol can do to you? Anyone that knows? Yeah. You can bleed out of all your cavities. Okay? If you take too much paracetamol. Panado. Panado. Okay? How much is too much paracetamol? I don't know. Bag full? You know? And there's some people that do know. My, my lip reading is not that good. <laughs> 24. 24. Okay. At once. Consumed. Okay. Can cause you to bleed all your cavities. But the, is anybody jumping up and down? Don't take paracetamol. Don't buy our product. No, it's in a small little paper that's printed so small you need a magnifying glass to read it. Who's going to do that? Okay. So a lot of this stuff can cause allergies and the stuff that goes into the ground. How we make food today. GMO seed. I like to be controversial. Am I allowed? Can I be controversial? Okay. This is a certain guy. His name is Vladimir Putin. Anybody heard of him? No? Now everybody's got their opinion about Mr. Vladimir Putin. Mr. Vladimir Putin has made a law in his country that any farmer that farms as GMO will be tried under treason. Why? Because GMO is not good for your bodies. Now you can say whatever you want to about Mr. Vladimir Putin. But he cares about his people. So we will have seed the way God made it. GMO seed, you have to buy every year. Do you know that? You can't take last year's seed that you planted, grow a crop, take some of that and plant it again. It won't, it won't germinate. It just won't germinate. So now, it's about making money. The root of all evil is the love of money. But you take, you, know, you, can, you can ask the farmers, people that know better than I do, there are a lot of them, but I've got some, some information. I spoke to some people that work for companies in South Africa. That you can go buy, let's say, maize seed at 500 rand, a 50 kgs, and they will guarantee you 40% germination. And then they sell you, but this bag over here is 1,000 rand, and we guarantee you 80% germination. And sir, 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 for you, only for today, this bag over here, 2,000 rand, 100% germination. What's that? Money. Money.
guys do? They go for that. And they deplete the ground. The, you know that the earth is a living organism? And some farmers kill it. And they artificially give it life again, and they kill it. And you get good farmers that I know, and they trash, and they put life back into that organically, under normal circumstances, the, the way they want to do it. And then they sort of get farmer of the year, 2017. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Can I brag with you like that? Is that okay? Uh, too late now. Eh? <laughs> take it on the jaw or take it on the back, whichever you want to. We love you. <laughs> all right, so all of that can cause allergies and stuff like that. But there is a place where it's a demonic thing. There is a place where it's a demonic. If it's running from generation to generation to generation, it's not genetic, it's demonic. Okay? Oh, my mother had heart problems. I have heart problems. It's demonic. All right? Deaf and dumb spirit manifestation. Let's go to the next scripture, please. I'm, I'm not rushing this morning. You guys okay with that? Okay. You got somewhere to go? I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could not no wise lift up herself. No ways lift up herself. Remember that woman? Spirit of infirmity. Spirit of infirmity. The spirit of sickness that she carried. Go to the Lord. Go ask Him, Lord, why am I sick? What's going on here? If your child had to come to you and ask you a question directly, would you answer them? I mean... He's going to answer you. But you're going to have to spend some time with him. Pray with him. So that he can talk to you. And reveal to you what's going on. Let's go to deaf and dumb spirit. Last one for today. We'll continue next week. We've got six more to go after this. Deaf and mute. Crying, drowning, Tearing, blindness, mental illness, ear problems, continuous ear problems, suicidal, foaming at the mouth, seizures, epilepsy, burn, gnashing at the teeth. Thank you, Kay. Okay. Not everybody that has got epilepsy has got a demon. Okay. Not everybody. You've got to go for some scans and see, you know, maybe there's some, something wrong and they can detect it and they can sort it out. Let's go to the scripture. Next one, please. And they went out and behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. All right. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. So not everyone is born blind and deaf and dumb. Dumb is not the ability not to speak, is demon possessed. See, that's why I say we don't go look for a demon behind every bush. Okay, 
things play a role. Who knows Nick Vivicic? I hope I pronounce his surname correct. Who knows Nick Vivicic, that pastor with no legs, only for the feet? Oh, flapper kick. I don't know, you know. But he jokes about it, so I'm sure we can joke about it, you know. And um, is he demon-possessed? No. What happened? Do you know what went wrong? There were medics on the market at the time that caused deformities and feces when mothers were pregnant. And his mom, unfortunately, was prescribed this medication when she was pregnant. Can you understand there's logic things that happen? So a while ago, probably a year and a half, two years ago, they brought a girl from one of the schools to me during the day. And this girl, every now and then, falls on the ground and starts having seizures in class. I said, okay, have you taken her to the doctor? Yes, she's gone to the doctor. Good. And... No, she's on medication. Has it stopped it? Yes. Have we gone back to the doctor? Yes, yes, yes. yes. So all the natural avenues have now been exhausted. And it's still happening. Okay, so what remains? The spiritual. It took me over an hour to get her to understand the gospel. Over an hour. She couldn't say the name of Jesus. She couldn't. She couldn't say the name of Jesus. I sat with her for over an hour, talking to her, praying with her, commanding spirits to leave. At the end of the hour, she's on her knees, giving her life to Jesus, receiving tears running down her face. They carried her in here. She walked out. Jesus Till today, wants to set people free. Amen. It took me over an hour to get her to choose Jesus. To choose Him. To explain the benefits of who Jesus is. And to understand that the devil wants to kill and destroy and torment you. You see... So, but when we meet that, we must cast it out. We must obviously have some discernment. And you don't need mountains of faith. You don't need to be a spiritual giant. And you also don't need to be this holy Joe. I want you to understand this. I speak to somebody last night. They said, but you must have immense faith. I say, no. I'm still aiming for mustard seed. But I know who God is. And I know what he is like and what he wants to do because he is good and only good. And he hates it when his children suffer. He hates it when you suffer. He hates it when you are sick. God hates it when you are oppressed. God hates it. It makes him angry. Do you want to see God angry? Go look when Jesus walked into the temple. What did he do? He made a whoop. Why? Because his people were oppressed. His people were abused. They were extortioned. It makes him angry. He walked in, he threw over the tables, and he started whooping some people. God's for you, not against you. So when you meet this stuff and you see this stuff in your own life, know 
that you've got heaven's backing. And he's already made a public spectacle of it. Rendered them powerless. It's only our sin and our free will standing in the way. It's only our sin and our free will. You need to hear this. The enemy does not have some extravagant weapon to annihilate you. Okay? He only has our sin. That gives him legal right. You repent of your sin. What does repent mean? You stop and you walk away. Okay? So if you came here this morning and you had that half a bottle of vodka that no one can smell, okay? Repent and stop. If you're living with somebody and you're not married, stop. I understand you've got budget requirements. Then move into the other room. And start honoring God. And you will see what happens. You see, people don't like to hear this. Why? Because sin feeds the flesh. It's pleasurable. Why don't you close your eyes with me? Father, we thank you for your presence right now. And I want to ask you to pray after me, only if you want to, and I want you to do it out loud. We're going to just surrender our lives to Jesus again. Dear Lord Jesus, I choose this morning to receive you into my heart. I believe that you are the Lord. That you died on a cross for me. That you paid the price for me. That you got resurrected again. That you are alive today. I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are Lord. Thank you for saving me now. In Jesus' name. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your heads bowed. I want you to just open your hands. Father. No, no. I'll pray. <laughs> just receive. Just receive. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. And every person here that's confessed you, Lord. Your word says, if we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. On that authority right now, in the name of Jesus, I command every spirit that might be tormenting people that's involved in life to leave in Jesus' name. Now, you've got no right over them. They belong to the Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would fill every cavity in their spirit. Please would you pray after me, dear Holy Spirit. Please would you fill me. Every part of my life. Every part of my mind. Take occupation of me. I give you the keys. Seal me with your Holy Spirit. I ask in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that every person that's prayed that is now sealed with the Holy Spirit. Lord, that they are forgiven, cleansed, sealed, set free, liberated, placed in righteousness, and the enemy has got nothing in them. 
Lord, would you go before us as we walk out here so that we don't open those doors again. That we walk away from that again today and we stay away. No longer will we return like dogs to our own vomit. Father, we take this work. We appropriate this work. The blood of Christ in our life right now. Thank you for setting us free, Lord, as we walk out here. In Jesus' mighty name. I bless your children, Lord. With the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I bless them of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And the love of our Father in heaven. Who so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. I bless them and pray. In Jesus mighty name. Amen and amen. Let's go have some coffee. God bless you guys.